Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Greg Talks. I am your host, as always, Greg Cook, and my co-host, Aaron. Hey, guys. Welcome back. And today we're going to be reviewing a very popular show called Angel Beats. So we're just going to kind of talk about, like, how we got into Angel Beats and um, how we, like, came across it. So for me... I came across Angel Beats within the last few years. Um, I was kind of searching up um, tragic romance anime, and I found it once I searched up like a blog, and it kind of had these shows like Clannad, uh, Air, and a few like tragic anime movies, and Angel Beats was kind of like, I think, number three. And so I decided to watch it. And that's kind of how I got into it. Now, I know for a lot of you guys as anime fans, you might have heard about this show back when you were younger, like much younger and just getting into anime. As I know, this is an introductory show to the vast genre of like other anime shows. And after watching it, I can say that it is a great introduction to anime in general. But that's pretty much how I got into it. Okay. Searching for any specific genre or anything like that, I just wanted to watch anime because I loved watching it. I was a total, still am a total. Same. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And personally, I don't go for the tragedy stuff since I don't like to cry when I watch different things. That's fair. This one, it hit me hard. <laughs> Yep. And, um, yeah, as far as it being like um, a tragedy for me, the reason why I seek out tragedies, just on a side here, is because um, I like animes that kind of mess around with my emotions. Because it's not that I have anything against, um, like, watching, like, a typical shonen or a shoujo or um, a seinen, because those are all good in their own right. I just like it when it goes out of the norm of um, characters that want to achieve something just to become the best at it. I like to see a little bit more depth sometimes and a little bit more realism as far as the characters' motivations, things like that. So that's really why I got to seek out those kinds of shows. And Angel Beats doesn't necessarily like fully fulfill the whole tragedy aspect and we're about to get into that into a second um but yeah so now i'm going to talk about the plot of angel beats so angel beats is um a world that's set in the afterlife or more specifically um purgatory and it's kind of in a in a high school um place and it kind of uh, revolves around these kids who are in the um, this organization called the SS Brigade, which is their attempt to kind of revolt against God for giving them a bad hand. And we follow, um, of course, uh, the main character, Otanashi, as he kind of um, discovers a little bit about why he got there and kind of like what the world 
rules are and what the uh, the characters' uh, past lives entailed. And uh, yeah, speaking of Otanashi, um, we kind of start out the story with him waking up in this in the world, and he doesn't really know how he got there. He has no memories of his past life, and then he meets Yuri who is the leader of the SS Brigade, and in fact, she's the one that founded it. And so we kind of like, he's kind of like the normal generic main character, at least all the way up until later in the series. And he kind of pretty much acts surprised a lot of the time, which, um, to his defense, because he doesn't know the world, um, that makes sense. And, you know, he meets all these characters and, you know, he's just a lot of, he's very much flabbergasted a lot of the time for at least half of the series. And um, the only two characters that he mainly kind of talks to, um, except for like a few occasions, is uh, Yuri, Hinata, and Kanade, who are kind of like the main, main characters. So... Yeah, that's that's kind of all there is mostly to him, at least before we get into the more spoiler stuff. Aaron, do you have anything to add on his character? I thought he was pretty relatable. Like how how so? Right. Then his personality is completely natural in my eyes. And furthermore, since Angel Beats also has a genre of comedy to it, yes, that it does. sense of normalcy really, in my eyes, contributed to the humor of the anime. I loved him and Hinata's interactions a lot. Okay. Yeah. Um... I would definitely agree with you on the comedy um, aspect of the series because there were definitely, uh, for those of you who have seen like actual comedy anime, there are like certain moments that would kind of fit in those kinds of shows just because the the comedic timing and the fact that they, um, when certain characters get like beat up, um, they play like this slow music sometimes. And, it, and they do it in slow motion just to kind of add to the effect that, yeah, this character is, like, dead now. But the way they died is just kind of, like, a funny thing. And that's another point to touch on, is that death in this world, of course, doesn't matter because this is the afterlife. So every time a character dies in this world, um, let's say, like, Otanashi, he dies in the very first episode of the series by Kanade, who stabs him. And he thinks he's dead, but then he immediately kind of, like, comes back a minute later, you know. And so they immediately, like, set you off that there are, at least at first, no stakes in regards to death. Um, as Otanashi um, displays to us. So throughout the, uh, the course of the story, Otanashi kind of um, blends and becomes more of a part of the family of the SS Brigade. And he learns about the... Um, the tragic backstories um, to all these uh, young people who had like a bad 
who are dealt a bad hand in their life. Like, um, a, f- a few of the characters, you know, were murdered or not murdered, but, um, how can I say this? They, um, it, it was because of the things they witnessed that led to their death. And they all kind of died around like teenage age in some cases. Yeah. Like in some cases they were like in middle school or even younger than that. So Otanashi starts to gain a little bit of sympathy for all of these characters. And then we get to his backstory where we at first find out that he had a sister who was dying. Uh, I forget from what, but she was in the hospital. And um, he was essentially taking care of her, kind of like going to the hospital to make sure that, you know, he was there. So she would have some semblance of normal in her life while she was dying. And then he decided, even though I think this was kind of like a dumb idea, but he decided to um, take his sister out on the town um, so she could kind of get outside. And then while um, she was riding on his back as they were walking outside, she died on his back. So that was like the first half of his backstory. But then uh, later, Uh, You get the second half, which is, I think, the more important piece to him, where after his sister had died, he dedicated himself to wanting to become a doctor. And so he studied up on a lot of medical terminology and things of that nature. And then he got on a train shortly after to go to a testing center to get into med school. Unfortunately, the train crashed and... When he woke up, he was underground with a whole bunch of other injured people, and he helped them to survive while they were underground. And um, in the process, uh, unfortunately, he died. But in his last breath, he was able to fill out a donor card so that if anybody found his dead body, his organs would be donated to save another person's life. Um, This is very important to Otanashi as a character because his whole purpose, essentially, at least in his mind, was uh, to save people. And that's why he, um, throughout the remainder of the series after that point, dedicates the rest of the series with uh, Kanade to um, helping the other kids to pass on. Yeah, And that's pretty much like, like his whole character throughout the whole show. Um, Aaron, was there anything, like, I missed as far as his character, or did I, like, touch on everything? Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, he is the main character, so, I mean, like, he's the one that we follow, so, like, most people, his character isn't too complex when you get down to the, to the meeting, the neat and greedy. over and him towards the end not being able to go on himself and we'll get further on into the details of the ending later on in this podcast but there's just a huge contrast between him living for himself and him living for others and I feel that he's so much deeper than what his backstory portrays. 
Yeah. Um, I want to say I partially agree on that, but at, at the same time, I don't know if he's really doing it for, um, if he's living per se for others. I, I think like, because he cares so much about other people, he doesn't see it that way. And, and because of that, um, I never got that impression that he, that he was, um, doing it for other people, whereas he was acting selflessly to, to save them. But. Selflessness was a big part of his character, and I feel like it still is, and I think that's one of his issues. Hmm. Okay. Let's see, did I, I wonder, as far as issues go, like, like, the only issue I really have with Otanashi is that, like, he's just kind of generic for a lot of the series but other than that um yeah he's he's pretty cool like i don't really i mean I, I like him for the most part he's probably one of my favorites i don't know if he's like top but he's definitely yeah he's not my like top number one but he's definitely in the top three for sure um so the next character i kind of want to touch on is kanade who in the show is known as Angel. Tenchi. Yeah. So she's a little bit deeper. So when we first meet Kanade, um, she stabs <laughs> Otanashi. And she is kind of like our, a part of our introduction into the world. And um, Kanade, for the first half of the series, is kind of like the antagonist. Um... I'm not exactly sure um, the whole reason why she was the antagonist for like the first half of the series, but I know that they were fighting against her. And um, she was also the principal of the high school as well. So there was that for the, like episodes one through five. Then when you get to episodes six through nine, um, she starts to become a little bit more humanized. Um, Otanashi starts to kind of talk to her and kind of learn a little bit about who she is as a person. And by the end of like episodes six through nine, uh, you find out that um, Angel might not actually be an angel from God. It's just that she has these different powers bestowed upon her that make her seem like she's more divine, but actually she's kind of a normal girl. And then from episodes 10 through 12, she kind of helps Otanashi to help the other students pass on. Uh, as far as her personality, she is kind of the stereotypical um, shy anime girl in this show. So, except she doesn't wear glasses. That's like the only thing that separates her <laughs> from like that archetype. Uh, but yeah, I mean... That's pretty much it to her. Um, I, she does have like, I mean, she is the main focal point of like most of the show. So the whole plot is kind of predicated on her, at least up until like the last few episodes. Uh, but yeah, that's all I got on Angel or Kanade. Aaron. Essentially, a hero antagonist is because she was trying to keep the peace in the school, 
so that the students can come to peace with their past and move on, right? Mm-hmm. But she didn't really know how to properly go about it, so all her methods came across as like brutal and authoritarian. And she kind of was. Yeah, she, she definitely these, was. Yeah, but she had these heel face turn moments, like the one in um, episode 9, when yep. she asked her to like, feign a relapse. So the SSS will be focused on her while he helps the SSS pass on. And then she had another one in the last episode, episode 13. But, well, yeah, well, we won't touch on episode 13 yet, but I I know what you're talking about. But, um, like, as far as her um, personality, did you like her personality in the show? doesn't really do anything for me. I feel like she's the best girl. And... and <laughs> okay. And that's it. Hmm. Yeah, I, Yeah, she... You know what, who she reminds me of? Um, she reminds me a lot of um, a character in Haruhi Suzumiya, if you've seen that show. And she's yeah. like the... Yeah, she's the character that wears the glasses, and she also kind of plays a similar role. In, in that series, uh, to like what Kanade does in Angel Beats. So the only difference is that um, Kanade is not as robotic, but at the same time, it's not so much of a difference to where I can say that she has like a normal personality. She's very much um, uh, stiff. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's it for her. Uh, now moving on to, in my opinion, the best girl of the series, which is Yuri, <laughs> Yuri Nakamura. So Yuri um, is introduced into the series, like I said, um, in the first episode. Um, she first meets Otanashi when Otanashi wakes up in the field, and she is the founder of the SS Brigade. Um, from episodes one to five, she acts kind of as the SS Brigade's leader as they kind of find a way to combat Angel and find a way to like stop her or I guess control her. And uh, episodes six through nine, uh, she kind of uh, continues to play that role as um, Angel starts to go a little bit berserk. And um, Yuri kind of rallies the SS Brigade together to try to um, keep her back under control. And then episodes 10 through 12, um, Yuri kind of goes along with Otanashi and Kanade's plan to like help the rest of the SS Brigade pass on, as well as all the other students in the high school. And that's as far as her role in the plot uh, there is something very important at the ending that she does. We'll get into that at, um, later on. Um, as far as personality goes, um, she's very much a uh, tomboy-esque character, very much aggressive, um, authoritative, but she also does have a bit of a um, a girly side to her when she's not being like super uptight about um, running the SS Brigade. And for me... 
I kind of like those kind of characters because I'm a big fan of tomboy characters. Uh, I always have been and will continue to be. And she kind of, she kind of fits that role. Plus, she always like has some of the best guns, like in the series. Like she's very versatile in terms of gunfighting. Like almost in every single episode, she like is fighting somebody and typically is doing a pretty darn good job at um staying alive for the most part. I don't think she dies at all, like in any episode. I might be wrong about that. I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, but I, I don't think she does. Uh, but yeah, that's all I got on the best girl, Yuri Nakamura. Erin, uh, do you have anything to add on her? She's completely, like, she's a butt kicker. She is able to go on a one-on-one basis with Yuri. And if anybody has seen Angel Beats, everybody has, will know that Yuri is pretty much the most OP character there. So mm. it's really cool how this is able to play out. But she reminds me of another antagonist. If Yuri were the one to lead the SSS and Kanade... No, flip that. If Kanade were the one to lead the SSS and Yuri was the student council president, mm-hmm. I feel like she would be able to have not only the motive, but also the efficiency to work everything out. Because Yuri is not dense, despite her somewhat slow uptake on things. Yeah. She's always <laughs> able to like figure out what's going on. Yeah, she it's is. And the thing is, like, Yuri sometimes does take credit for <laughs> figuring stuff out uh, when the other members of the SS Brigade um, find out what's going on first. So she does also, she does take credit um, a lot of the time, but she does mean well in, in the end. So it's never like a, a malicious act. It's more like, hey, I'm the leader, so like, you're, you need to do your job and help me out here kind of a Once thing. <laughs> yeah, but um, as far as her backstory, and I know I didn't get into the backstory of Kanadi either, but there wasn't really one for her technically. Um, but for Yuri, um, so when she was younger, um, some burglars basically broke into her home uh, while after her parents left the house. And her younger siblings were in the house with them, and the burglar told her to go get the, um, her parents' valuables. Otherwise, uh, every 10 minutes that they didn't have those valuables, they would basically kill one of her siblings. So she rushed up to try to find what she thought was a valuable. Um, but, you know, being the age that she was at that time, she wasn't really aware of, like, what would be considered valuable to a bunch of burglars. So she grabbed the only thing that she thought, and then when she came back down the stairs, um, she dropped um, she dropped the thing that she was holding, and it broke. And then she also fell down the stairs. And when she got there, she found all of her siblings slaughtered. And we don't really find out how she died, per se. But I have a feeling that she potentially might have committed 
suicide potentially as be, and hold up. So the reason I say this is because her whole thing is revolting against God. So it's not a far stretch to think that she would have blamed God and then as a final act of resistance in her own life would have taken her own life. Um, and then that's how she ended up in purgatory because she couldn't, she couldn't accept the fact that it was God and, um, she put it all on herself. Um, so that's essentially her backstory. Uh, Aaron, if you have anything to add on that. Mm -hmm. And even though she gets her retribution and everything and learns to accept what's happened and move on, mm -hmm. she is a character that I personally would call the Dutragonist. Okay. And I feel like her and um, Kanade could hold this anime together. I personally don't. Well, I know and I kind of understand why they put Otonashi as the protagonist here, simply because he's a new viewpoint that helps their audience to get acclimated to whatever the heck is going on. Yeah. And these two, I feel like, were the ones that completely gave this plot some depth. They're the main combat combatants, to say, and they just, they just work. Yeah, they do. Um, and that's also like another thing, like um, later on in the series, um, Yuri kind of starts to to view Kanade as like a younger sister in a way. So that kind of um, plays into the fact of, that their chemistry works so good together. So. Okay. So with that fact, right, there are some people, since this is a romance genre as well, that mm -hmm. say that there's a love triangle between Kanade and Yuri and Otonashi. I don't see it. I don't see any of the lines that connect to either one of them, besides friendship. Yeah, I don't really see a love triangle at all between um, Yuri, Kanade, and Otonashi. In fact, like I was saying before, Yuri looks at Kanade as a sister, and then Otonashi actually loves Kanade by the end of the story and then Yuri and Otanashi are simply friends. So I'm not really sure where that comes from because it, there are no signs of there being a romance between the three of them. Like in that way, it's more of like one of them is a familial relationship and the other one is like a friendship. So, okay. so you know Angel Beats is based off a of light novel, right? I do. Originally, this anime was, was supposed to have 26 episodes, but for some reason, it was cut short, and it only made 13. Okay. So the development, the character development through, like, all these background characters that they just conveniently decided to place all in one season could have been expanded a whole lot more, and these relationships could have been delved into if the anime had been expanded, but it wasn't. So they tried to incorporate some of the big scenes of the light novel into the 13 episodes while mm -hmm. using comedic roles in the first half to help, I guess, buffer some of the things that they couldn't add in. 
Okay. I didn't know that because um, I was thinking that it, they only adapted 13 because that's all they chose to adapt. Like, they, they just weren't going to do, like, a full 26-episode um, series. But um, I have some thoughts on that that um, we'll talk about towards the end. Um, but the next character I kind of want to get into is, or the next two characters I want to get into are Yui and Misami Iwasawa. Now, these two are going to be pretty darn short because um, there's just not a lot to them. So the first character we do really get a lot on is Misami Iwasawa. And Misami, um, she is in episodes one through three. But it isn't until episode three that we really um, delve into her backstory. And her, she's essentially a vocalist and a guitarist for the band in the Angel Beats world. Um, and that's really it. Um, she kind of plays and acts as a diversion for Angel, like in episode three specifically. And that's really it. Um, past that, uh, her backstory, though, is one of, I think, the most tragic backstories in, in the show. Because when she was younger, uh, she, ha she always had an affinity towards wanting to be a, a musician. And when she started to pursue that, um, you know, she really started to realize that she wanted to, like, go away and start a life and impact people with just her guitar playing. Um, this was spurred upon by the fact that her parents used to fight all the time in her household and she didn't really want to live in that environment anymore. So like she she decided to say, OK, I'm just going to go learn how to make music and play music and move away from all of this drama. Unfortunately, though, during one of the fights that her parents had, um, her father accidentally hit her over the head with a bottle of wine or alcohol. alcohol yeah and when she was working uh to like pay for her expenses so she could continue to pursue a life of music uh she died from like uh or no she didn't die but she passed out from a stroke uh i think it was a cerebral stroke and she ended up in the hospital in a vegetative state and she pretty much died like that in the hospital. So um, that's why I say like her story is probably one of the most tragic because her circumstances um, were like that because of somebody super close to her. And it just happened to be her parents that caused it, you know. So that just kind of added to the tragedy. Um, She mm -hmm. was in the hospital with aphasia, so she wasn't able to speak. And since she was a vocalist and everything, and she liked to sing with the music, it wrecked her. And then she died in the hospital a little bit afterward. Yes. If you want to go more in-depth into the medical um, part of it, yes, that is specifically what she died from. But, um... No, no, it's fine because, like, I mean, it's, it's cool that you know that stuff. So you can kind of, like, know what that is. Um, I didn't look deeply into it to know, so I appreciate that. Um, but 
The only other thing to her I want to say was um, she was the first character to introduce the concept of obliterating because you fulfilled your regret. Um, so she was the first character to like pass on in the show. Um, and she did this during episode three when she was meant to create a diversion for Angel to distract her while the SS Brigade went and did some reconnaissance and found info on Angel on how to, like, stop her. So, um, she, she disappeared pretty much, um, as a result of the school faculty telling her to stop playing because, um, apparently she wasn't allowed to play in that venue or during that time. And when they decided to stop her, she said, like, no, I'm going to play because these people need to hear my music. I need to impact them. I need to do something. So she grabbed her guitar and then she started playing a new song. And that was the song, apparently, that she never got to make. And then when she sung it, it pretty much it fulfilled her desire um, to, um, I'm trying to word this correctly. It fulfilled her desire, um, to want to impact people with her music and that's what she wanted. And therefore she passed on. So that's all there is to Iwasawa. Uh, and then Aaron, if you have anything to add on that moment, Originally, I thought that she was just killed off by God because the teachers had said that she's not allowed to play music there, but that wasn't the case. And secondly, I love her character design, specifically her hair. I have not seen any anime character past Angel Beats with her hair, and the way they made it flow, Yeah, that um, I don't know if you've seen this show K on. Yeah. But um, a lot of the guitar and the music scenes also like reminded me a lot of K on. So, but that but that's another show that um I have yet to watch. So, yeah, we'll, I'll get to that at some someday. But uh, yeah. A little bit more. Mhm. Yeah. Girl's Dead Monster. So Iwasawa was the one, the original vocalist and guitarist. Oh, so. Just the vocalist. Just the original vocalist. Oh, okay. I was about to say because um, that would have been like a big twist to find out that the whole band was the actual band, <laughs> like from the real world. Right. So. Okay, that that's interesting. Oh, and also, um, the uh, Girls Dead Monster, the band in Angel Beats, was actually, or at least in the Japanese dub, um, it was an actual real Japanese rock band, like in real life. So you can actually look them up and listen to their music. That's just a little fun fact about Iwasawa. But moving, yeah, you should definitely check it out. The music's pretty good. So, um, getting into Hinata. So Hinata's character, um, he is one of the main characters 
um, that actually appeared in the first episode and pretty much went all the way to the end of the series. Uh, Hinata didn't. He was he was mainly there for support for a lot of um, the other main characters like Kanade and Otanashi and Yuri. Um, he pretty much like was like a big brother type of character in the story, and like I said, because he didn't do a whole lot, there isn't like um a lot of stuff there in in the story he did as far as plot importance. Uh, except for the support piece. And his backstory was um, uh, during his real life, um, he didn't catch a fly ball, which is his regret. And um, I'm not sure what he died from. I forget what he died from. But um, he ended in the afterlife. And uh, yeah, that's essentially all there is to him as a character. He did do one important thing in episode, I believe it was 9 or 10 with the character Yui, but I'll get into that when I touch on Yui. Uh, yeah, and I know I skipped Yui, but I'm going to go back to her. Um, yeah, so that's really it for Hinata. Um, yeah, he's just a big brother, so... Oh, okay. Yeah, I just forgot about that. Like, yeah. No, it's literally coming back to me as I hear you state their backstories. Um, I think he was Otanashi's heterosexual life partner. And I, he's the one that added, like, the, one of, some of the most comedy to this whole anime before it gets serious in the latter half. Yep. As I said earlier, their relationship is just pure do you mean like Otanashi and him, or do you mean like him and like? Yeah, him okay. And yeah, no, he was definitely like pretty cool. Like he was, he was the big brother, <laughs> or he was a brother to Otanashi. Like he was pretty much always there to root to root him on and whatever he was trying to do because he knew Otanashi was a good guy, so that's why he was always there. Um, but and he did this for um for Yui, um. And now I'm going to actually talk about her. So Yui replaced Iwasawa as the main lead guitar vocalist um, for Iwasawa once Iwasawa passed on. And um, she actually got like a really cool moment. Um, so the start of episode four, um, they actually changed the opening and they uh, changed it to like a rock style version of the Angel Beats opening. And Yui was actually... Um, playing they showed Yui like playing the guitar like during the opening and it was like really cool I think that's one of the standout moments in the show right there um but yeah Yui um throughout the plot um she pretty much did that but she also was kind of there to add like a lot of comedy bits kind of similar to like what the other side characters did as well as Hinata and yeah that's really all she amounted to as far as importance um, but then you get to later in the series when she gets her own episode. And a lot of people say that um, Yui's episode is the quintessential Angel Beats episode. And while I think that is true, um, it's not my personal favorite, but it is one of the 
better episodes in the series. So she, when she was like uh, four, she was uh, hospitalized. Uh, I forget what caused it, but she was bedridden and pretty much she died in the hospital and she wasn't really able to live her life like at all. And that's her backstory. It's really short, but really sad. And when you go back into the afterlife, um, Otanashi does um, a very nice thing and he fulfills all of her regrets. And that includes during doing a German suplex, uh, includes her winning a game of football or soccer, and um, includes her continuing to make music. I don't know if that was a key one, but I know it was like baseball, um, a home run, uh, a German suplex, and winning a soccer game. Um, and getting married, which um, leading into that, um, Hinata becomes very important here because she initially asked Otanashi if she wanted to get married. And Otanashi was like, whoa, um, I don't know about that because aren't you supposed to like spend a lot of time with the person that you want to say that to? And Otanashi just didn't feel like he was the right person for that. But he would, right before he was about to step up to the plate and do it, Hinata, the best boy in the series to me, um, came in and said, I'll do it. Like, I'll marry you. And he did it. And then Yui was relieved. And then this was like a really tearful moment, like where Yui started asking him, okay, well, would you do this when I was in the hospital? Would you like support my mother? And uh, would you like make every day of my life happy, essentially? And he had to say yes. And then Yui passed on, essentially. Uh, and that was like the end of her character. So that was like probably one of the better episodes just because of that one moment. Um, but yeah, that's that's really it for Yui's character. Uh, Aaron, if you had anything to add to that. Episode four. Her entire arc that they crammed into one episode was my favorite in that whole anime. She mm -hmm. was hit in a car accident when she was four. Ah, right, and yeah. she became quadriplegic. So her mom took care of her in the hospital. And whenever she could, she would watch the TV. And she would take note of all these different, not physically, of course, because she was a quadriplegic, but she would remember the things that she'd always wanted to try out. So when she got to the Angel Beats universe and she was mobile and able to move around freely, she had this bucket list, as you were describing earlier, and the whole cast just trying to fulfill that whole bucket list, not only did it bring tears to my eyes, but it was the most wholesome feeling in that anime. Definitely. It was gorgeous. And the marriage scene with Hinata telling her that he would love her, it spoke to my romantic soul. Yeah, and that's the type of thing. Like, I really love romance and tragedy mix. Um, I feel like Yui was that character for me, where she greatly had... She had the tragedy, but she also had the happy ending. Yes. So... It is so nice to have happy endings. And it's different than the... A 
affection that Otanashi felt for Kanare. Yes. That was totally one-sided, okay? Yeah. The whole reason I feel like this romance thing was a thing is because of Yui and Hinata. And I wish they had done a little bit more with their character, but I am very content with how episode four played out. I think it was not episode four, but I, I know what you mean. <laughs> um, Sorry, I keep getting her age in the episode mixed up. Yeah, um... Yeah, I'm gonna like put like um like a- episode numbers next to like the different um characters next time we do one of these. <laughs> but um okay, so that kind of covers like all the characters that we deem or at least I deem important in the show. There's a whole bunch of other characters that we did not talk about, but just know that each character does as as far as the side characters fulfills their role very well throughout every episode and it is mostly yes for comedy purposes but that's the role their characters were meant to play so i hold no ill will towards any of those characters because of that um so now getting into our problems with the series so my main issue with the series is pacing uh number one and foremost because everything seems a little bit too fast. Um, key example here, um, I do think that the Yui episode, while I thought it was really great, it needed to be padded out over a few episodes, just because I think everything happened way too fast. And while the actual moment still hit, it could have hit a lot more if there was just more room for everything to be spaced out a little more as far as Yui's development and her coming to the conclusion that Hinata was the one for her. Um, Another example I will say is, um, I think, the ending of the of the anime in general was kind of very fast moving. Um, I did think that um, Yuri letting Otanashi just let the, um, just let him help the SS Brigade to pass on, I felt like that was rushed. I do think that they should have let um, Otanashi prove to Yuri that um, he should lead the SS Brigade and help them to pass on. Um, I think that would have been a, a great a- episode for Yuri and Otanashi if they let them have an episode dedicated to Yuri seeing how dedicated Otanashi was to saving them, um, rather than her just agreeing, just cause. And I know there was a reason why um, in the show that she said, um, there's not a lot of time left, so just do it. Um, I think they had enough time to like allow um, that to happen between those two characters. So that's like my largest problem with the series in general. Another thing um, that is not as big of a deal, in fact it's more subjective, is a lot of the characters look the same. Um, Like male and female, it kind of has that generic anime art style. And I'm just saying that in relation to the characters. I don't mean that as far as the background art or the animation because all of that was unique. That had a very, um, very standout style to it. And it actually glowed in certain epic moments. But as far as the designs of the characters, um, they were mostly samey. Um, like Aaron pointed out, Iwasawa was one of the more standout ones. Yui had a, a little bit more of a standout design. Yuri had a standout design. 
but when you get into the male characters and the rest of the female characters, they kind of all look the same, except just having different color swaps um, in the in the hair department. So that's like my main thing. Um, but other than that, um, the series doesn't really have many other issues to me. That's fair. I mean, for me, like, yeah, the art doesn't matter a whole lot. I mean, the, the it, it matters a little bit more to me, I guess, because um, I care about the way the characters look um, sometimes. And it's not like they're bad. It's just I feel like they could have done more to make them stand out as far as character design um, for each one of them, especially for the main characters, you know, instead of just kind of giving them a different hair color. But, uh, yeah. So that kind of um, ends out our whole like spiel about problems. Uh, now getting into the ending of the series. So, um, Aaron, I'm actually going to have you start this out. So before I get into it. <laughs> so. um, the ending has most of the main characters passing on. Kanade passes on. Yuri passes on. Nata has passed on. Like the only one that's left behind is Otanashi. And Otanashi decides to stay behind in order to guide other people that were in the same position as previous members of the SSS so that they don't turn into NPCs. I don't think that we've mentioned this, but there are these shadow creatures that are basically former conscious, I guess, beings? Yeah, they don't really explain what the... In, well, not, not the NPCs, because those are different, but the shadows in the series, those are um, never really explained. Um, but we do know this, that they're, they, they take over... Um, or they have the ability to take over the main characters and turn you into an NPC. Yeah. My theory is that the shadows are former, like, conscious beings that have been infected by other shadows, and their whole conscience is taken away so that they turn into NPCs that can convert other NPCs into shadows, too. So that's why Yuri was so adamant on getting everybody to pass on after she learned about it so that yeah. they can turn into NPCs. Yeah, I mean, like, I mentioned that before. I didn't talk about the shadows, but, um, yeah, I think that the shadows were made, in my opinion, by God himself um, to basically um, force people to pass on. 
Um, the reason I say that is because ju- just because you turn into a shadow, you're, you you can't stay that way. Like you will eventually get your senses back. But I think that's like a divine thing in place to kind of move people out of purgatory and into heaven or hell. Um, just because purgatory, I'm assuming, has a limit. Like at a certain point, you know, it's going to get too full and God's going to be like, okay, we need to purge some of you. And by purge, I mean some of you need to get moving out of here so you can make room for other people that end up in limbo. So that's why I think like the the shadows were being more active or they were starting to like overtake some of them. But I felt like it just gave them like more of a sense of urgency. But the whole reason behind it was convoluted. So Mm -hmm. when the SSS was fighting Kanade and all that, that just further pushed back their time interval to get out of purgatory and everything. Yeah, I mean, essentially, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person that's come up (laughs) with that theory. But um, that one just makes the most sense to me. Um, And it's kind of um, predicated on the fact that um, when... Uh, Yuri goes to hunt down the person who is causing it. Um, she, the person that she ends up talking to, essentially we can interpret as God himself because he doesn't really explain like a lot to her. He just says like, I am the world. I created the world for you, but I'm also not like you at the same time. So... And then Yuri is like, well, can't you just stop it? And she, he says, no, the only thing I can do is give you the power to take my place as the next god of this realm. Or it'll continue to happen because it, it must happen. So, and then yeah, and that's kind of what I want to get into, like a deeper thing about. So like Yuri for this whole series, her character was based around revolting against God for God doing what um, he did to them, like in the real world, like causing her to have such a horrible experience is what her whole character is kind of like going against. Um, And then at the end, she decides that I think she finally understands God at the end of the series where she's like, okay, bad things just happen basically and it's not really anyone's fault is just the way of the natural order of things you know people just die sometimes and i think that's what she realized and she came to terms with that and that's why she decided like no i don't want to have that burden to have to be the um the life to dictate death and be the executioner for everyone on planet earth. So she just kind of decided to, um, just destroy all of it. (laughs) And that also is kind of in line with her character still, because she came to the, that realization, but she still revolted against God still. (laughs) So. Oh, okay. I completely got off track. We were talking Mm -hmm. about the last episode. That is where the whole love interest thing between Kanade and Otonashi Mm-hmm. takes its head Otonashi confesses to Kanade that he loves her yes and asks for her to stay with him but Kanade throughout this whole anime has been waiting for the person who donated 
the heart while she was alive on earth to say thank you to them. Yeah. And then instead of saying yes to Otonashi and staying with him through the whole world, Mm -hmm. she ends up passing away because her whole life goal has been accomplished. And I say life goal sparingly because they're not alive. Yeah, they're not alive. (laughs) But, um... (laughs) The yeah, and that, and that's what makes it um, tragic is because the show, if you pay attention, so the show um, or the name of the song is called "My Soul Your Beats," and I found this out from like um, another person that talked about Angel Beats. And if you think about it, it's like um, my soul is relating to Otanashi, and Kanade takes his soul and um, takes it in. Um, turns it into her heart and that and that kept her alive at least in the real world is what we can surmise so the beat is her heartbeat that's why it's called angel beats so. i get it and i feel yeah. like it can be applied to some other characters too okay like like who exactly well first um Otanashi and naoi he uh. Okay. Naoi is the guy that clings, literally clings onto Otonashi. And Otonashi has to be like, uh, get away in order for him to do so. But the reason he clings so much is because Otonashi is the first person that really looks at him. Naoi is a character that has been neglected. His whole backstory is based around the fact that he has a twin brother that's better than him in a trade that his father is a master of. So when his twin dies, then Naoi is supposed to be his replacement. But he's worse off. And because his father doesn't really... He doesn't really take into account that they're two different people that have two different skill sets. He is never happy with Naoi's efforts. So in the end, he's never able to truly self-identify, and he ends up going into purgatory thinking that, well, I don't really know what he thinks. Yeah, I don't really know a lot of, I don't really know how to explain (laughs) Naoi fully because, and I think that also ties into like the, the pacing problems. Um, but that's why I didn't want to really talk about him because honestly, I didn't know like a, the right way to explain his character. Um, because it's, like, yeah, I didn't want to ignore him, but it's like, I mean, his character jumps around quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, like, well, he doesn't jump around. It's like his character was one way through throughout the first half and then be turned into a completely different character in the second half. So, um, yeah, and that and that does tie into like him and his brother and his past, but um, I don't think he like really was important at all to the plot of the story, and that's kind of why I left him out. But he was and he wasn't. I feel like not mentioning him would be like not mentioning Hinata. They're just two foils almost. But uh, the reason oh, I say okay. that it, contracts, it sorry it correlates to the title is because. 
Otanashi's metaphorical heart is able to resound with noise, and he feels like his their souls intertwine, like he's able to understand him, and therefore he can be himself. So he's okay. able to pass away because he's found that person that is able to identify him and correspond with him, you know? Yeah. I, I get that. I mean, you know, he 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 had like he he was definitely um, greatly impacted by Otanashi's um, selflessness, and uh, I can definitely appreciate his character. I mean, especially because, like I said, um, he had a lot of great comedy moments as well. Especially when you play him off of Hinata, who was like another great comedic character at points. So yeah. That's a, that kind of like I think rounds out our whole like review, spoiler review of uh, Angel Beats. Um, so yeah, um, finishing thoughts. I mean, of course, this episode is gonna be for people who, of course, have already seen the show. But um, I mean, rewatching it just for the sake of the um, deeper analysis is definitely worth it. Um, just because like there's a, def- a lot more things that kind of um, you won't notice on the second watch through that if you really pay attention, a lot more things make a lot more sense, but then a lot more questions will open up to you. Um, and um, in my opinion, like I think people should read the light novel too, especially if they want more story, because I don't think um, while Angel Beats has a satisfying ending, um, for some people, it's not satisfying, and so maybe reading the light novel might actually give you the ending that you want, rather than you know the anime's ending. Um, that's really all I, to, all I have to say on it, though. I definitely think you should re- recommend it, though, to other people who have never seen Angel Beats, though, because it's a great introduction, like show to anime. So that's my piece. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those anime that you can completely binge watch and then go back to it if you want to. Personally, I'd be happy going on to TV tropes and finding the different key points of their characters that other people have pointed out and then calling the day because I don't think I could go back and relive all that tragedy just because I wanted more information on these characters. But all in all, it wasn't a bad anime, especially for people that are just starting to get involved with the whole becoming a weeaboo and everything like that. So I do recommend it. Yeah, and uh, that's going to end out our review. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Greg Talks, and we will see you next week with a new topic. Have a good day.